Should the Wizards trade Bradley Beal? Would the Wizards trade Bradley Beal? These are questions Ben Standig and I have been talking about for, well, at this point, I guess it's been years. Uh, I figured now is as good a time as any to do it on the podcast, uh, discuss it uh, for everybody. Uh, ben has been covering the Wizards for a while. He has a great understanding of, of Washington, of these of these questions, of what the organization should do, of what the organization might do. We've disagreed at times on this question. Uh, we've agreed at times, I think. I know I've gone back and forth, depending on the timing, uh, of what the Wizards should do, of what they might do, uh, more so on what they should do. They've seemed pretty steadfast. Uh, ben, welcome on. How are you doing? Dan, it is fantastic to hear from you. I uh, appreciate the, uh, the 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 minutes here on the uh, on the podcast. I'm, I'm doing well, uh, doing better than the Wizards because we are literally talking after one of the greatest collapses in NBA history. So uh, there's that. <laughs> yes, we, we we originally uh, shot to do this right before the Wizards blew a 35 point lead to the Clippers. Just a, a stunning, stunning collapse. Uh, I'm hoping that doesn't color us. I was going to say I'm hoping it doesn't color us too much, but also. I hope it colors us exactly as much as it's coloring the fan base, as it's coloring the organization as we come up to the trade deadline. Uh, this felt like one of those losses that might loom larger than a single game. Uh, your colleague, David Aldridge at The Athletic, he called it the most pathetic performance he's seen in almost 40 years of being around and covering uh, this franchise. You know, He obviously has some great perspective on the Wizards and uh, a, a lot of heartbreaking moments in Washington basketball history. Uh, for this one to be the most pathetic, uh, I think says something. I don't think he's wrong. I don't think he's being a prisoner of the moment. Uh, this was a pretty stunning loss that that seems to seems like it could loom over everything else. You're right. I mean, in the NBA, one out of 82 shouldn't really mean almost anything, right? I mean, in terms, especially if we're talking about major organizational decisions or things. Boy, this one really is putting I think putting things to the test because it was so so dramatic. It's not just that they lost. Uh, I mean, we see NBA teams blow leads, although very rarely, obviously, at that level. Um, there was a stat. I don't know if you saw this. So they're up seven points with like 20 seconds left. And I think it was ESPN had a stat that said over the last 20 years, the record of teams trailing at that point is one and like 16,100. Like, I've never seen a stat that, you know, that crazy. Um and the and, one that law that that uh, that came back and won had to do in overtime. Like the Wizards just straight blew this in regulation. There was nothing like this in, in on record. Yeah, I was imagining like if I was uh, the 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 beat reporter having the right on deadline, <laughs> even with twenty seconds left, you think, okay, well, I mean, you know, they're up seven. I can sort of put this to bed. Uh, nope, that didn't happen. And you know, it's again, it's if it was just one game and everything else had been kind of sort of hunky dory or whatever, that'd be one thing. But they've definitely been on a bit of a slide. You know, obviously they started off really hot this year at ten and three, and you know that 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 didn't seem to be a reasonable pace to keep up. But now it's gotten to the point where they're what, under five hundred, and okay, things are going the wrong way, and and there's starting to be more questions. And this really, I think, was accelerated. Every, my guess is accelerated everybody's view of this. Like, whoa, okay, hold on. Something is really uh, going wrong here. So before we get deeper into the the whys, I'm going to be a coward. Uh, the big question we're trying to tackle here is should the Wizards trade Bradley Beal? My answer is I don't know. But we can only have one coward on the podcast, and I've already called it. Uh, so I'm going to put it <laughs> to you. Like, Give us a strong answer here. Should the Wizards trade Bradley Beal? Then we can talk more about uh, how we got to this point and, and, and what you're thinking. But should the Wizards trade Bradley Beal? So just to back it up for a second, and I'll give you an answer. But just to back it up, like my take for, you know, when, when John Wall started to, the injury started to pile up and it was basically Bradley Beal against the world there for a couple of years. There were a lot of people who thought that was the moment to trade him. And I was disagreeing because at that point, <laughs> my view was, you still were stuck with the John Wall contract, you, and 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 on the assumption that he would be able to come back, he he did play last year, obviously. Um, you know, then th- what are you really accomplishing here? He, you can't completely bottom out. Although I guess maybe last year's Rockets argue uh, against me on that. Um, but it would be a little bit harder to bottom out, and uh, the, I don't know that John Wall was the, the 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 leader I wanted to have in the locker room with a bunch of younger kids. I'm not saying he's a bad guy, but just maybe isn't exactly the way you're want to tell your kid emulate that guy i think bradley beal is more in that in that vein generally speaking but when they then traded wall for westbrook and then were able to get out of the westbrook contract which i think stunned almost all of us 
at that moment, I thought, oh, wait a minute. Hold on. You have a chance to really reset this thing completely. You got some interesting pieces from um, from the Lakers. If you trade Beal, get more interesting stuff, whatever would, would float your boat in, that tra- in those trade rumors. You could really start over. And if the goal is to win a title, this seems to me to be the reset. But as you and I have discussed a hundred times, that's not their goal, in my opinion. My opinion is their goal is to make the playoffs under Ted Leonsis. Um, and you don't do that by starting over. He famously said a few years ago, we will never tank. Um, and uh, so I think that's sort of the, the the idea from the organization. So to me, I would have very strongly looked to trade Bradley Beal before the season start. I guess my issue now would be, if you're saying to give you a strong answer about that deadline – you tell me because you would have a better feel for the league than me. I, it just feels like you're you're. They may not have a choice if they think he's going to leave at the end of the year when his contract is up. But in terms of the um, the the trade market, you're only going to have a, a small number of teams who could realistically do anything for him because they either have a, a, a you know a roster complications, cap complications, or whatever. But if you did it in the off season then half the league is potentially in play. So I guess my answer is yes, but I would have done it four months ago versus now. Uh, so I, I, I don't, I feel like now they almost kind of have to stay the course. Right. I mean, the problem with waiting till the summer is he could be a free agent and just leave for nothing. Right? 100%. Something in a sign and trade, maybe not. Um, you know, we've, we've been at opposite points for so long. Uh, I was for trading him back when you weren't uh, under the, the logic of, I, I thought you could bottom out with John Wall. When, as his injuries were piling up, I just didn't have enough faith in where he'd get back to as a player. Yeah, you're right. You're stuck with him because of that contract, mostly. I mean, obviously, uh, there there was a, a trade out there for him. But but for the most part, for getting value and as a rebuilding team, you're just going to have to write out his contract. And there's some issues there, but I, I don't know. I just looked at that as a roadblock that'd be there either way. And my biggest concern was as much as Bradley Beal was talking about loyalty to Washington – I did not think he was going to remain loyal as the team kept losing. And I thought the team was going to keep losing as it did over these previous few years. But you know what? He did stay loyal. Uh, he was committed. He signed that contract extension that was financially disadvantageous to him. Everybody's wondering, you know, why he wouldn't sign the, why he would even consider signing the contract extension now. Well, he's already proven once that he's willing to sign a contract extension uh, that, that wasn't necessarily the very best for him financially to show his loyalty to the wizards like even in the the worst of times he'd come out and say yeah you know uh i don't like going through this but i'm still committed he talked about that over and over and and i believed him and i to some degree still do and got to the point where you know that's why i wouldn't trade him i think there's something cool about having a player on your team a star player who is committed to being there who wants to be there who wants to win there and wants to spend his whole career there and riding it out and your ceiling is going to be lower right it's going to be real hard to put a championship team around bradley beal uh if the wizards just stay the course but that's not the only goal and i don't think it necessarily should be the only goal so i i, I saw i he you proved his loyalty to me to where i believed if i'm the wizards i want to keep him however now I think I'm back toward trading him. Uh, he's talking about, well, for the first time in my career, I've got to be selfish. He, he's explicitly saying all those things I said about loyalty before, I'm taking a little bit of a different mindset now. Now, he's also talking about, he did a podcast with Adrian Wojnarowski. He talked about uh, caring about being the franchise player. And he's talked about that multiple times over the years. So that's something important to me, right? He could join a better team. He'll be another star. That team is not building around him. The Wizards are building around him. They, they, uh, choose their roster they they uh just how they operate in every way he is the franchise player he is the centerpiece and he enjoys that right he and it comes with a lot of responsibility it comes with a lot of pressure you know he takes that all on i'm not saying he's just in it for uh the perks he of course would l- likes the perks who wouldn't but it's all of it right he he wants the burden too um so i think in some ways it hasn't changed but here's what i keep coming back to he's going the wizards are going to have to decide and I, I sounds like they've already made. We'll get into the likelihood of a trade in a little bit. But the Wizards are going to have to decide by February 10th, what is Bradley Beal going to be thinking on June 30th? How could they know that? Even if he assures them before the trade deadline, I'm going to resign. The only reason I haven't signed the extension is because I can't get as much money. I could get uh, more money. I could get that fifth year if I wait and resign a new deal in the offseason. It's just procedural. I absolutely plan to stay. Even if he means that, how can they trust that he won't change his mind again 
by the summer. Uh, the Wizards aren't even a lock to make the postseason, let alone the playoffs. They might miss the play-in tournament completely where they are in the standings. Uh, right now, like you said, they, they're 10th. They're tied with the Knicks, who are 11th. The Hawks, who, uh, whose roster I like much more, they're only one game back. It wouldn't be at all surprising if the Wizards get bumped completely from the postseason. And if that's how they go into the summer, how is Bradley Beal going to feel then? I don't know if I can trust that. If you're the Wizards and Beal says to you, I'm, I'm resigning, you know, I am. Like, we, we've gone through this. We've talked about where we're at. And, you know, don't trade me. I'm going to resign. What degree of faith would you have in that? Look, I mean, it's 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 a great question. I mean, it's one Tommy Shepard, the team, you know, the president of basketball, everything over there has been asked a bunch of times. I, I, I had him on a radio show the other day and it came up and, you know, he keeps saying that just, you know, he he and Bradley Beal have been together for a long time. I mean, Tommy Shepard was here when they drafted Beal in 2012. Um, you know, they've gone through a lot. They, they have made commitments to him. Um, you know, the, the, they've they've done whatever they could do to you know, to, to, to show him that they do want to build around him, like you, like you said. So I, I think they feel pretty confident about it. But, you know, who knows, right? We, we, we've been in, you know, we, we see in the NBA world in recent years, you know, some some bizarre or maybe not bizarre, but just some dramatic swings of, of group think about what's going to happen. And, um, you know, there are no guarantees. And if he is available and all of a sudden he's wherever he is during the offseason and he starts talking to other players around the league and, Guys, are like, dude, what are you doing? Come, come, join us. Be part of our super team or whatever the thing is, and we can go do go do do some things. Does that start to appeal to a guy? If especially if, like you said, they don't even make the play-in tournament, which is it's it's shocking on some level that that's a discussion based on where they started the year. Not, and of course, as you're noting quickly to the reality of the situation now, I, I think it's a real. It's a real question for them. Um, I think, you know, they they have consistently made moves to try to prove to him that they are trying. Now, again, the level of tries, you can argue, is, you know, are you really trying or are you? I, I did an article, um, boy, I think it was last year or yeah, 20, maybe in 2000 or 2020 um, about like kind of where the how the Wizards got to sort of the low point that they were at that po- stage with um, my friend Michael Lee, who now it writes for the Washington Post and we he and I did like the 10 the 10 stages of wizard's grief basically and one of them I called essentially one of the sections was called like fake hustle like it's the perception of doing things but really only going to a certain point and to me that's been part of their issue over time uh, i.e you make a good move to get a guy like a Davis Bertans for nothing then you dramatically overpay him not because you even think he's worth it but because you have to show your star players that you're trying and so they give Berton this bad contract, and now it's looking really bad. Um, I, I think all the reasonable it's, – it, it's very hard for me to sit here, I guess, bottom line, and say they should hold him, right? The risk is too great, and what's the upside? Where are you going here with, with this situation, right? It's not like we're talking about um, Kevin Durant or uh, Giannis or something like that where you – the the risk the the upside of that guy staying it means you can win a title so you roll the dice if maybe if you have to that isn't the case here as good as Bradley Beal is so I don't know that it's worth the risk but again my perception of the organization is their goal is to make the playoffs you know try to do what they can to get fans excited interested in an organization <laughs> or in a, in a team that's been kind of meh for decades now at best and trading away a guy like Bradley Beal is not going to help in theory, but that's the big dilemma they have is what are they actually trying to do organizationally? And I think that to me is the big question. You're right. That is the question. Well, what do you, what do you think? And I think to some degree, it depends on the market. Obviously it depends on the owner too. What do you think about in Washington? uh, The fan base is looking for, do you think the fan base appreciates, you know, We'll make the playoffs some years with Bradley Beal. We might not every year. When it's going well, we might win a series. Maybe, maybe with all the breaks even too, although uh, that has been pushing and it's hard to see how, how you get there. We're not going to bottom out. We won't be terrible as long as we have him. He's a good player. He, he raises the, the floor. The ceiling won't be as high. And you know, we'll be competitive, play competitive basketball. That's not nothing, right? It's, I don't think it has to be title or bust in, in most places. Some places it does, right? Everybody's talking about the Celtics being a, a colossal disappointment. Well, it's because I think in Boston there's a, a standard there that is, that it is championship or bust, right? The Celtics are are, are much uh, 
much better than the Wizards this year, at least somewhat better. I don't know about much better, but somewhat better. Uh, but there's far more panic in Boston. I, I think places like uh, Los Angeles with the Lakers, right? There, there's more of a championship or bust mentality. What do you what do you think the appetite of the fan base is there for for what I'd like to see? It's easier for me. I know it's easier for me to say from afar. I love the idea of a Bradley Beal being on one team and uh, leading them as far as he can and going through his whole career there. I like that the Wizards exist as that team. But I'm not a Wizards fan, right? Like, I might feel differently if this were the one team I care about. For me, it's more like, of the 30 teams, it's cool that there's one team that kind of operates this way, where they have a star that they're going to have for for his whole career, and go through the ups and downs uh, together, and be linked together, and that's what he wants. That's a cool thing. Not that he has to feel that way, but if he does feel that way, it's cool that it works out that way. But again, that's only one of 30 teams for me. For Washington fans, people who are dedicated to the Wizards, or even casual fans who, who might go to Wizards games uh, in, in the right environment as the team tries to maximize its revenue, what do you think the fan base there thinks about riding out with Beal versus a reset which could lead to some down years but also have a higher upside in the long run? Well, if I, if I, took, if I judged it by the pulse of the team, the fan base after last night, it, <laughs> it's definitely everybody, you know, everybody can go, you know, everybody's up for sale have at it um look i think i think people in general appreciate bradley beal you know what what he's done and he's obviously had some very good years the last couple of years all nba you know was very close the year before all-star team things like that um and you know it is something to be said for a guy who wants to stay but i think the you know I, i think a little bit it's been a little. It's it's oddly been a little more frustrating. I think what for people watching him this year, the last couple of years, you know, it really kind of was like I said before, Bradley Beal against the world. Um, this year, following the the Russell Westbrook trade, when you added a Montrez Harrell and a Kyle Kuzma, and then as part of that, you were able to sign Spencer Dinwiddie, um, and you know, midway through last year, they get they, they get a guy like Daniel Gafford. Like they have more stuff now, right? And so when you have more stuff, I think it's like, well, wait. Uh, we don't. We no longer have the excuse here of it's. There's not enough talent. There's. There's actually. I, I'm not going to say Washington has too much talent, as if like you know, <laughs> they should be contending for a title. But like part of the 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 the, the, the micro conversation right now is there's 12 players that could arguably be in the rotation, and they're trying to play them all, and that's part of the problem because you can't do that. You got to get into a rhythm, and how do you sort? How do you deal with that? Um, I, I think that. Bradley Beal, like he's not been as impressive this year. His shooting numbers are atrocious. Not for 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 a guy with his uh, his touch. He came in the league with his textbook jumper. We're comparing him to Ray Allen, which I think was a reasonable comparison, at least stylistically, right? Uh, and man, he's not making anything um, in terms of in terms of his shots. And then you know his he's improved a lot as a ball handler over time, but he's still not a point guard on any level because, but that because over the last couple of years, they were allowing him to essentially just be the ball dominant player. He still is of that mindset. And it really looks bad when he's making bad turnovers in, especially in the fourth quarter. And that seems to happen way too much. And it feels like because expectations have been raised, it's a lot harder to give him a pass when he's making some of these questionable decisions. And it it does feel like people are starting to get uh, a bit um, um, perturbed, annoyed, frustrated, you know, ready to see something different. Cause you know, it's not just been that it's been a few years since wizards were, you know, that four or five seed contending, you know, in in the Eastern conference and all that it's been, you know, 40 years since they've been remotely a, a title contender and, a lot of the fan base doesn't remember any of that stuff, but in just their own lives, the 20-somethings or whatever, they haven't been that good. So I think there is a bit more of an appetite to make a, to make a move, to do something different. But, you know, th- that obviously doesn't always mean that's the right move. Um, in the offseason, like right after the Westbrook trade um, happened, and I, I talked to somebody in the organization, and I'm like, hey, let me be GM for a minute. Isn't this the time to trade, you know, to start over, hit the reset button, trade Beal and go from there. And the response I got back was, well, maybe we try to win 50 games first. Like, forget the title. We haven't won 50 games since the 70s. Maybe we try that first and see how we can build it up, you know, build the organization, the culture and everything from there. And I get it, but that's not working either right now. 
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Beyond just on the court, I'm I'm curious. Uh, you know, DC, a city with a pretty high vaccination rate, Beal initially choosing not to get vaccinated, eventually got vaccinated. Uh, d- did that change at all the fan base's connection to him, appreciation of him uh, when he came out initially and said about vaccines? Did that turn people off in a meaningful way in terms of uh, the the connection they have to him as, as a fan base? Um, you know, obviously that's a complicated topic for as we know just from a societal standpoint so i I would imagine it it did for some and not for others um you know if we're going to sort of stereotype the nba fan base especially in a larger city or you know that probably more than not had some sort of negative vibe to it and i think you know i think bradley beals is is generally a pretty smart guy and it seemed to be a questionable um not even just so much the decision or what he said, but not, not only so much the decision, but sort of the way he went about it was a bit combative, um, you know, and, and uh, yes, as you said, he did eventually get it. So I do think it probably turned some, some people off um, a bit for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it was a little bit of an odd um, sort of whole position. There. I know a lot of people, myself included, and some of the other reporters in town were surprised because we'd gotten to know Bradley Beal over time and were really surprised that this was his stance again, not even the not doing it, but sort of the, you know, other athletes have said, "Ah, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I don't want to get into that. He really went on the attack and was trying to explain from his view why it's, you know, why he was questioning it. I don't want to get too deep down this rabbit hole, but like the faulty logic of, you know, his case was, well, you can still get COVID even if you've been vaccinated, which is true, though you were, uh, especially at that point before the spread of Omicron, uh, less likely to get COVID. But when somebody brought up, well, you're less likely to be hospitalized, he's just like, so, but you can still get it. Uh, it was just the faulty logic of just brushing off the reduced risk of hospitalization that I, I thought could be particularly grating. Yeah, and I agree. And, and like I said, I think it, I think it had to... I, you know, it had to take some of the shine off of him for 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 some, and again, others may, maybe not as much. But you know, it, it was a, a thing, and it, and also like you know, he's not just the best player, but he's in the position of being the leader of this team. He's obviously the one guy who has been around forever. Uh, you know, not that he's the oldest guy, but like you know, he's older than most of the kids on the roster. So uh, yeah, I, I think it's uh, with great power comes a great responsibility. As uh, you know what they say in the, in the uh, Spider-Man world. So, um, yeah, I think I, I, I think it's called the Spider Verse. I'm, I'm not a huge comic book guy, so <laughs> I could be wrong, but I think uh, I think it's the Spider Verse. Uh, there, there, there you go. Uh, obviously, neither am I. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that. Yeah, at the end of the day, I do think that 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 did not help the cause. And I know some people, like you know, who have been longtime fans who who said who, who sort of described their relationship with him this year as complicated. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the whole case of, oh, we're going to keep him through the ups and downs, no matter where this leads us, because we, we want the connection and it'd be cool for him to spend his whole career in one city. You know, 
that's an emotional connection, right? It's not a, a an argument for this is going to be the best way to build the best basketball team. It's we're going to find some enjoyment in rooting for this guy, and you need to feel that connection. And you know, there is a personal level to that. Um, that's that is the case there. So if the Wizards keep him, and maybe this is a good time to, they're going to keep him, right? Like, do we think there's any chance they trade him? Whether or not they should, uh, you know, the way this franchise operates, do you think there's any chance they trade him before the trade deadline? Um, I mean, chance, yes, but I would still say the likely scenario is that he 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 stays. Um, you know, again, we, as we discussed, it, they, they've been down this road with him before. At every time, you know, they've had a chance to make a move, they don't. They seem to believe he's going to stay. And like I said before, I just think at the end of the day, there the the plan from high up is not to start over. And again, that's not a matter, you know, you and I might view it differently if because you and I are probably viewing it from the, well, what's the best way to get to a title and, and all these kinds of things and what's the ceiling here. But I, I think the business from the business perspective, there's other agendas in play. And that's why, yeah, I would think all these things together would make me think they're not going to trade him. So if they don't trade him and he resigns, if he doesn't resign, we're, we're having a whole different discussion, more of a, I think a panic in DC. Yeah. But let's just say, you know, they don't trade him, and he resigns on a long-term deal. Can we see a pathway forward where we're not having the same conversation over and over of like, well, Beal's still a star. This team's kind of stuck in the middle. Maybe they should trade him. Maybe they shouldn't. There's arguments on both sides. Like, is there a path forward to this team? You look at the recent first-round picks, Rui Hachimura, um, Denny Avdia, uh, uh, Kispert. Like, I, I don't know. I'm not sure I, I see the upside in the, these young players. You know, Kuzma's solid. He's not so young. Dinwiddie is a little down this year, but he could be solid. Same with uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Like, I don't know. Is there is there an escape for the Wizards uh, from, from this level of play? <sighs> Well, that's the question, right? I mean, to what what's the what's the actual point of any of this if the goal isn't really to, to how do you move forward? Now, obviously, sure, if Denny Avdia, <clears throat> who I kind of like in general, but and he's been really good defensively this year, but like he's going to have to do a show a lot more before we could remotely suggest he's an all star level player. But you know, he's interesting. Same thing with Rui Hachimura. Uh, Corey Kispert's been kind of a fun player so far, but you know, not in a not not in a he's a guy who's going to be the best player on your team and i just don't think that a team with bradley beal is your number one guy and no like it it's no it's not a one and one a one b it's sort of one and then i don't even know who's definitively two i guess kuzma but like you said kuzma's been good i mean you know nobody's going to complain about the what the assets i got back from the russell westbrook trade but that's different than saying these are really good pieces. I think the hope right now is, and this was to me, this from the start of the season. And now it's really coming into play as everybody's essentially back from their various uh, injuries and and other issues. They've got to make a move here. Like we're talking about trading Beal. I think they've got to figure out a way. We have all these extra pieces. Let's maximize the situation. How can we take three, maybe even four of these guys, whatever it is to trade it for somebody else, Uh, whether you, you know, I'm just going to say DeMontis Sabonis or Jeremy Grant, whatever, you know, the, because there seem to be mentioned out there as rumors. I'm not even saying that with Bradley Beal moves the Wizards into the top of the East. I'm just saying it's that type of deal that maybe is what they have to do to, to so we're not having this conversation over and over again, other than one of these rookies, you know, suddenly takes such a giant leap, the sort of the Pascal Siakam leap from a couple of years ago, where regardless of where he may be now, but like that type of, of, of leap uh, that I think is what is going to have to happen because, other than that, it's I, it's hard to see this uh, you know this path. Yeah, I mean somebody like uh, Sabonis, I think, would fit nicely. But I mean Jeremy Grant would too. Teams generally don't want a bunch of solid role players for one better player, right? That's uh, it. It's a it's a tough trade to pull off. Not impossible, especially if you include the right picks or the right young players. But it, it's tough to pull off. The Wizards went the other way and it made a lot of sense because well russell westbrook is fading he wasn't that good anymore they they got some solid role players for a player who's overpaid and not that good anymore that's a nice trade that was a real good trade uh, but but going the other way and packaging these role players for an actual good player that's tough to to pull off justin and so good thousands of summer deals at your nordstrom rack store save up to 60 percent on new arrivals from vince rag and bone adidas joe's mark jacobs and more great brands great prices every day at nordstrom rack 
But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. If the wizards are even considering Bradley Beal trades, if they're thinking about it, if they're like quietly talking about it uh, before the trade deadline, I think we have to start. What do you think about uh, a Ben Simmons trade? Oh, boy. Um, you know, it's funny. Like the Ben Simmons like r- trade ideas came up a lot when they still had either Wall or Westbrook. And I was vehemently opposed to anything along those lines, because if we're going to really even discuss, like, how could you possibly play Ben Simmons who can't shoot with either of those guys who will just say are shooting challenged? That would be bonkers on 100 levels. Uh, uh, which, which two guys? Wall and who? Wall and Westbrook. Oh, and Westbrook. Depending on what, what year we were talking yeah, about, yeah, yeah. about these kinds of things. Um, the Now we're in a different situation, right? I mean, if you move on, like other than Bradley Beal, the rest of the team has some interesting players, uh, no doubt, but it's not like there's somebody, you know, who are you building around, right? If you did make that kind of trade, you could, in theory, build around Ben Simmons. Now, I am largely out on Ben Simmons. The whole how he performs in the postseason, not even the that he struggles to shoot, the unwillingness to shoot. I mean, to me, that was the big red flag going back to his college days watching him play. I was like, wait, I don't care that you're shooting 20% from three. You won't even shoot? Like, this is not... You know, remotely good. So I'm not necessarily the biggest fan, but I understand the appeal. Uh, you know, the two-way, really good defense, two-way player, good passer, athletic, all the things. I, I get that. So I'm not discounting that. So that, that it's more interesting now because of the, the circumstances. Um, but, I, 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 you know, I just feel like Ben Simmons to me is a uh, – maybe toxic is too much, but I, I'm not a fan of that vibe. You're paying more attention to it than I am. But just from where I've been watching it, I, I've really just been sort of turned off by that whole thing while understanding there's some logic to it if you're sort of tapping out on Beal. And Ben Simmons arguably has more potential as a lead player on a team, but I, the, the downside from what I've seen the last year or so is pretty significant. Yeah, I think the big problem with Ben Simmons is, is it's hard to reach a ceiling when you won't shoot. Uh, and when you won't shoot from the perimeter, it really screws up spacing. It's just hard to, to, to succeed at, at the higher levels. And so if the whole reason to make a Bradley Beal trade is oh, we're, we're trying to increase our ceiling in the long run, Ben Simmons does seem like a, a strange fit to do that with. Um, Bradley Beal, Jason Tatum are friends. What would you think of a deal based around uh, Bradley Beal for Jalen Brown? Yeah, so I guess that gets a little more interesting, right? Um, you know, uh, I don't know what, what you would consider Jalen Brown's ceiling. I, I doubt it's top 10 NBA player, but he's, you know, young. He's a he's a two-way player. Um, he's shown he's played in big games already. You know, there's something there, both from like a talent standpoint, a culture standpoint, like you could probably get, wrap your arms around as being interesting. I, I uh, you know, he's going to, you know, He's going to get paid and, you know, he's got money and all that stuff. So it's not like he's, you know, on on the cheap per se. I would guess the Wizards would get something else by the deal, but I'll leave that up to. I'm not I'm not even sure the Celtics would do it. Um, it, Bradley Beal previously has played at a higher level than than uh, Jalen Brown has gotten to. But I think Jalen Brown's outplaying Bradley Beal this year. Jalen Brown's younger. uh, He's cheaper. uh, He's he's under longer uh, team control. At this point, I'm not sure the Celtics do it other than if Jason Tatum's really pushing for it, because I think Jason Tatum is, is the franchise player, not Jalen Brown. And um, But you'd want to be careful of not you know just trying to appease your franchise player, right? In the long run, Jason Tatum will be happiest if the Celtics build a winner around him, whether that includes Bradley Beal or Jalen Brown or whoever else. Um, 
Maybe they would, right? Uh, it's hard for me to put a finger on, on why Bradley Beal ha- has been having such a down year. Um, if I had a better understanding of that, maybe I'd feel better about that trade from Boston's point of view. So I think I think one yeah. problem he's had is, you know, I uh, the, the Spencer Dinwiddie thing has just not been working at all. And Spencer Dinwiddie has pretty much kind of been saying that out loud. Um, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie, I, I guess – is the argue, I think some people argue Spencer Dinwiddie is not really a natural point guard himself, but a guy who, you know, he's not much of a shooter, but he's been ta- typically tasked with being the de facto point guard. Um, and when Bradley Beal has the ball in his hands and Dinwiddie's watching, that's a terrible fit for a guy who's not much of a shooter. And the reverse, you know, he's the not as good of a player as Beal, but, uh, you know, and he's also not like your classic pass first point guard i guess i would say so if and he's also i would just say a very confident young man you know (laughs) spencer dinwiddie so i feel like you know he has basically openly said like hey i kind of feel like i need to get the ball more uh and i the, the sense i've heard a little bit from you know people around the team behind the scenes whatever is that like that that dynamic is not i I won't go so far as to say it's there's a rift but i I, it doesn't feel like it's everybody's necessarily pulling in the same direction so i do think that's part of it um yeah i don't think that's enough to explain all of beal's struggles i mean i when i had tommy shepherd on the radio a few weeks ago i i said to him flat out hey Here's my suggestion. Uh, let me run your team. Here's what you need to do. You need to tell Bradley Beal to go back to where he was but when John Wall was healthy, which means a dynamic off-the-ball player who didn't need the ball, have run him off picks, be the guy who's ready to catch and shoot. That guy was was averaging, you know, way, you know, deep into the 20 points a game while making, you know, 40% of his threes. Ever since he became more of an on-the-ball player, his shooting numbers have gone way down. And I, I just have to believe there's some connection to that aspect of it. And I think Tommy Shepard kind of bought into what I was saying and said that, yeah, we've kind of had these kind of conversations, but it doesn't feel like it's necessarily translated. And ironically, now that they have 11 and 12 players to sort of mess around with in the rotation, one guy who's been sitting more is their backup point guard, Howell Neto, because, you know, he probably, if you're ranking the players one to 12 is towards the bottom. Okay, fine. But that means now Bradley Beal is effectively your other point guard. And that again, sort of, messes with the idea of what he's best at. So I, I, I kind of would like to see him in a situation where he's not asked to be, or he's not asked to be and understands he shouldn't be the main ball handler and instead goes back to being that off the ball guy. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. Uh, I, you know, I wonder how much ego gets involved there, right? A lot of players, once they get the ball in their hands, don't want to give it up. 100%. Um, not necessarily easy answers there, right? I mean, it's one thing to think that'll work better, but like, even when Beal is playing off the ball, it's not like the Wizards were having a ton of success either. But I do think, yes, if there's a way, especially if it involves uh, transforming the roster a little bit to to put him in that position, that would be best for him. You want to be careful, though, of not going too far down the road of telling him, hey, you know, you need to be in more of a supporting role. And at that point, he says, well, shoot. I agree. I'm just going to go to a better team and fill that role. Why, why am I going right. to stay here to do that? So, and, and so this is the problem, ultimately, I think, with the the, the the choices that they have made. I'm not arguing. Obviously, as I said, I, I argue to keep Bradley Beal at various points for specific reasons, uh, understanding who they are and what they're all about. But when you're constantly – I feel like as an organization, they're constantly been playing from behind. I think Tommy Shepard's been a little bit better about getting in front of some things, some trades. He's taken advantage of some opportunities. Uh, you know, I, I, I think I mentioned the, the Davis Bertans trade a couple of years ago. The Spurs needed to move a contract. He was able to take a guy for basically nothing, and then they Bertans became a good player. Obviously, they shouldn't have then given him the the, the five year deal. Well, it wasn't just giving him the deal. Sorry to interrupt you, but I'm gonna. Uh, it was saying over and over to everybody we're not going to trade him we're going to resign yeah. him now you're backed against the corner where his agent everybody knows like exactly come through with a contract you you backed yourself into a corner and 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 they did that in part to appease the star player who they're trying to show we're trying to do some things right if they traded Beal, if they traded Bertans at that deadline which was my view without knowing what the exact offers available were 
that to me was a much better move for the franchise. But when you're trying to appease one player, it leads to some other habits. And I think they also, you know, going back to John Wall, I think they 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 literally on day one that John Wall showed up when he was drafted, literally rolled out the red carpet for him, signaling that he is our version of the greatest player and all that. And I think that set that relationship down a, a, a road that maybe wasn't great for everybody involved. And Bradley Beal watched that. He came into that, saw that. And this is like they're constantly playing like sort of, giving seating too much control and power to the players and i get it this is the nba i i get it but if you're talking lebron or durant or curry okay <laughs> i get it but that's not what we're talking about and this is part of that problem is like you eventually back yourself into a corner where you have to then say apparently we're going to give davis bertans we're going to keep Bertans and give him the money and we're we're going to tell you like you said in advance because we kind of have to based on how we're you know running this thing. I think the nightmare scenario for the Wizards is they don't trade Bradley Beal and then he just signs elsewhere this summer. No return, no sign and trade nothing. Uh, because this team has been built around him. Uh, you know, we mentioned a, a few of the young players, but this is not the youngest roster. There are a lot of players in place who are there to compete with Bradley Beal and it's not like the Wizards would be terribly stuck. It's, it's not like they're overrun with bad contracts anymore, getting off the, the wall deal through the Westbrook deal. They're in much better shape financially now. But this team was built to compete with Bradley Beal. So if he leaves, I think that is a disaster. Uh, if it's not a signing trade, there's no return. There are shaping up to be four teams with major cap space next summer. Um, other teams could open cap space. Uh, the four teams with who are headed toward having cap space without having to make major, major moves, uh, the Spurs, the Magic, the Pistons, the Grizzlies. Do any of those teams scare you in terms of they could just convince Bradley Beal to come? And some of them would have to, uh, especially the Grizzlies, have to make some smaller, moderate moves to open the cap space. Well, Bradley Beal's the type of talented player where I think they'd be happy to if he wanted to come. Do any of those teams scare you? Or is there a team out there that doesn't quite project to have that much cap space, uh, but that you fear could open the cap space through their own trades, not having to do a sign trade with the Wizards, and could poach Beal. So, wait, wait, say those teams again. The four, the, the four are the Spurs, the Magic, the Pistons, the Grizzlies. So I would say no. I'm mostly saying that from a lifestyle perspective. I don't necessarily know if I see Bradley Beal and his family in those places. Um, probably like half the league, I would say an LA team would be. <laughs> would be interesting um his uh his his uh his wife is from that part of the world and they have a house out there but again that's like half the league it feels like um which makes maybe the clippers interesting i guess although i don't know what they're they what they can even remotely do but you know I, i'm assuming the lakers would be interesting but i that you know i don't know how they're going to do anything going forward but that's a whole other story um so no but i could see a bigger market you know possibly Get, getting you know somebody getting into his ear um you know uh, I, I i don't want to say my miami per se but just again all the obvious sort of destination cities i think could be the ones that to me would be the scariest um but yeah i mean look i think ultimately it would probably come down to in washington they're building around him he's the face on the poster he's the one that you know the national media wants to talk to if he goes to become the second or third player on another team, now all of a sudden it's not that, but your chances of winning a title are better. Right. So, or, or having a different level of, 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 of uh, acclaim. So I think that is where he what would have to be the shift mentally. I would think for him to do that. I don't think we're there yet, but you know, as I said, I, I, well, I don't know if I said this, but you know, uh, not I haven't been around the team as much, obviously, with the, with the pandemic restrictions, you know, we, we're not even available to do, be around them, no locker room and things like that. And that does change how you view things. I had a pretty good read. I thought I'm, I'm, I'm Beal pre pandemic when I was especially covering the team every day. And um, uh, yeah, th that would be my question on that front is like sort of where is he at? Is he uh, is he good with being the second or third guy versus being the main guy? Probably as much as anything else. You know, I, I do think there's an attraction of some players to play for Greg Popovich. It, it hasn't necessarily led to so many big free agent signings, but you see the players who at least seem interested in the Spurs. May, maybe I'm uh, being tricked, but I think a lot of that is genuine and it 
some of it just is, well, the Spurs might have been second or third, and they just happened not to get the guy. Uh, but I do think there's a genuine interest there. But they've got some gar- depth at, at guard. I, I, You know, that one, I, I can write off the Pistons, probably write off the Magic. The Grizzlies, though, you know, it's a young, up-and-coming team. We'll see what they do in the playoffs this year. This is a dangerous team, so maybe this won't hold true by then. But it's a team that, so far, hasn't really accomplished much. They've snuck into the playoffs a couple times, but it, it's not... It's not like people would say, oh, Bradley Beal joined the 73-win Warriors. Let's discount everything he accomplishes. You could get on, uh, not on the ground floor, but, you know, on, on the first or second floor of a franchise that's vaulting, uh, you know, toward the penthouse regardless and and really experience a lot of success and get credit for a lot of that success uh, as, as the big addition. It's closer to St. Louis for whatever that's worth. Not super close, but, you know, closer Blaine right over. I don't know if that means anything to him at this point in his life, uh, positive or negative. Uh but I don't know. I guess I could imagine uh, some attraction of trying to join the Grizzlies. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's probably fair. Obviously, John Moran is, you know, becoming you know one of the stars of the league, and they, they've been a really interesting and fun team to watch. So maybe that's, uh, you know, I need to recalibrate my view of them and not just view them as like, oh, that's kind of cute, <laughs> versus like oh, maybe they're an actual destination to a degree from a competitive standpoint. I mean, like you said, it is a little bit closer to Bradley Beal's part of the world where he's from. So uh, maybe there's something to that. Um, but again, you know, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not comparing the people, but like, you know, Kevin Durant went to golden state and learned that Steph Curry's team. And I would imagine Bradley Beal would, would, would learn this is John Morant's team. So, you know, maybe you're never going to quite get that kind of love, but sure. I mean, I, I it's, it's not, incon- I get, yeah, the point is, is valid. And look, if you start to have the wandering eye, Regardless of what you're looking at, I think it starts to become that option starts becoming bigger and bigger for you, especially when the Wizards are not having much success. I mean, even if they make the play in game, I mean, you know, what what are we talking about? That's not it's not that's not exactly uh, crushing it, even being the eight seed. You know, they were the eight seed last year and it was a lot of fun watching them with Westbrook sort of, uh, you know, zoom down the stretch to get there. And then they get to the playoffs and got smoked by the Sixers. So, um, you know, yeah, who knows where, where his head could be at in that perspective, even if they make the playoffs. Right. I mean, to me, that's the ultimate question is whatever he says by February 10th, how is he going to feel going into the summer? And that's going to be based on what the Wizards accomplish. And that's so tough to predict a lot can happen. I do think making the play in, making the playoffs, even if you get routed in the first round, those things aren't nothing. They're not everything, but they're not nothing. It is nice to compete. Uh, on a day-to-day basis, it's far more enjoyable than tanking and losing and, and dealing with all of that. Um, let's near toward the finish here um, with a couple things about assessing the situation the best the Wizards can. Now, a couple years ago, John Wall, or excuse me, Bradley Beal signed that contract extension that was not the right move money-wise, right? He could have uh, waited to try and get a Supermax, could have gotten more money by waiting, uh, even not the Supermax, he didn't. He said, I'm going to sign this short extension, but an extension, show my loyalty to the team. He gained some security. There was a logic to it. It's not what I would have advised him to do as his agent, but it's what he did. How concerned should the Wizards be that this time around, uh, he is reportedly not signing the extension? He's you know, apparently made it clear he's not going to sign it. Now, you could say, everybody says, well, yeah, of course he's not signing it. He can get more money. He can get that fifth year. He can get extra money by waiting till the offseason to sign a new contract. Makes a lot of sense, except he already did the opposite out of at least in part loyalty to the Wizards. If I'm the Wizards, how concerned should I be that he's taking a different approach now? I liked his approach before, which is all about loyalty to the Wizards. Now, even if his intent is maybe probably to resign, he leaves the door open to leaving. He's not willing to lock in early like he was before. How concerned should I be that his approach has changed? So tell everybody the numbers. If he signs a five-year deal, it's how much money? And if he goes to another team, how much money is it? So right now, he has an offer on a four-year, let's say $181 million contract extension. If he waits... He could get five years, $242 million. Now, the first four years of that five-year contract, of that new five-year contract, they'd be the exact same as an extension. It's just that extra year on there, uh, that would be the the difference. Right. So the extra year, right? So basically what you're saying is I'm locking in. How much money is that? That would be your $50 million? Yeah. Okay. Plus. So you're locking in 50, 50 plus million dollars. 
But, you know, Bradley Beal is not an old guy. He would, in theory, get another contract. Now, maybe he doesn't get one that pays him another 50, but let, let's just say he makes 25 million a year. I don't know, which would be a come down, but this whole thing. Okay, that's still insane money. I'm not, it's not for me to say that somebody should be willing to give away $25 million. But if you're assuming that he's going to get another deal after that deal, you know, he's not really giving up 50 million per, to a degree, right? He's just giving up the difference between what he would sign on another deal and that money. And then the question is okay, well, 100 and what, what would you say, 80 million with some whatever? Right. I mean, you know, obviously for the for us mere mortals, that's insane money. And if you said you can take the 180 million, or I don't know what's in, you know, or go over there, I'm gonna, I'm good with 180. I'm good with that. Plus, he's made a ton of money already in his career. It's not like this is the first deal. He's already gotten paid now, um, you know, a, a, a good amount of money. So, you know, there's got to be something to be said for hey. Uh, you know, my 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 great grandchildren, great you know great grandchildren. Okay, maybe they don't get the uh, the summer home if I don't take this extra deal. But beyond that, I think we're all good. So maybe I am willing to give up that extra year to go play wherever, whatever places you want to go. So I don't know to me how much the money is ultimately matters. I could be way wrong, but like it, you know, what I mean, like wh- what are we talking about here? Uh, for all this money, it's, uh, you know, aren't you? If you if you prefer to go play somewhere else, live somewhere else, I, I just don't know that at that point with the money, that extra year should matter a ton. But again, every time to this point, he's he's shown them. I know what you're saying. Maybe he's arguably not showing them some loyalty here. But everything that's been said has been an indication of he he wants to stay. He wants to be part of this and, and so on. So I, I definitely think it's a risk. I think they are continuing to believe it's not a big of a risk that 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 he's going to do this. Um, but that's what, I mean, that's what to circle back to last night's game. That's what makes this such an interesting inflection point. What does, what happens now? That was such an utter disaster. Does this lead to huge changes elsewhere on the team? Do they decide, Hey, we're going to make a move right now. Montrez Harrell's an expiring contract. We're taking him. We're taking Rui Hachimura. We're trading them to get, you know, what, what do you want to trade for Jeremy Grant? Those two. And I'm making this up, you know, those two and, a, b- a bunch of other pick p- picks or whatever, or whatever we can do. Fine. Uh, does that, and if you do that, then what does that mean? Do you, do you look at Bradley Beal and have a tougher conversation? Hey man, if you want to be this guy, we'll pay you, but you got to do these things. And like you said before, now does that potentially, what does that do for him for, for a star player? If you're being told X, Y, or Z, uh, I think that's why it wasn't just a, it wasn't just one, one of 82 games. That was a massive night last night. I, I think potentially. So, it, it is interesting to see how this goes. And, you know, the, the, the trading deadline is rapidly approaching. So I have to imagine the Wizards are, are really, really now looking at all their options in ways that they maybe weren't 24 hours ago. Mm, interesting. Yeah. So a 61 million difference. I hear you that, you know, Beal, because he could get another deal and he'd be up for that other deal a year sooner. Right. It's, it's tough to project. He might even make more money by, by signing the the extension and becoming for a free agent a year sooner, right? You want to time it right for the next deal. He'll be he'll be older then. A lot to consider, but yeah, uh, financially it probably makes the most sense to wait. And he could get a similar amount if he signs with another team. Uh, I I don't know. I'd be a little scared if I'm the Wizards. And two years ago, he's like, oh yeah, I'll sign the extension. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll give up the money because I I want to be loyal and I want to be committed and I want to be locked in. Now he's like, no, actually, I want the money. It's just the change in tone would make me nervous. Um, if Bradley Beal told you, I'm going to resign, and you trust that, and you believe him, and you believe that's what he's thinking right now, and again, like we talked about early, uh, you know, if he tells you that, are you going to keep him? I think I would. I really do believe there is great communication between Beal and Tommy Shepard. I think they are on the same page. I think there's trust there. Um, I think I would write out, I think what I would shoot for if I'm the Wizards I think if I were Tommy Shepard, I'd say, look, I want to keep you. You know, let's take it to the offseason if that's what you want to do. If you won't sign the extension, let's take it to the offseason. Our plan A is to keep you. That's what we want to do. But this is the only thing I want you to promise me, that if you think you want to leave, you're still going to resign with us. You'll still re- We'll offer you that five-year max, and you'll resign with us. Because I think I'll have great trade value on that, probably even more trade value, uh, because they'll be locked in long term. 
and and then you're still getting value. If you can get him to commit to re-signing and then you'll work with – promise to work with him on a trade, I think that's the benefit of the relationship the two of them have is that maybe you can convince him of that. But if you try and make it all or nothing at some point, if you say, look, you got to promise to re-sign and he does, I just think the odds of him uh, changing his mind because the Wizards struggled on the stretch are too high. What what assurances are you trying to get if you're the Wizards? What, what do you think is reasonable? Or would you just lean toward trading him anyway? Well, I mean, you know, again, it comes back down to regardless of what I might think from a basketball perspective, it's what they think from a business perspective. And I guess they seem to be willing to roll the dice that he's going to, to stay. And, you know, that keeps them in the mix to at least be in the playoffs and and so on versus, you know, trading him. Yes, you eliminate the risk of him leaving for effectively nothing but at the same time uh, you you know obviously without knowing the exact trade you would be making you're probably looking at a roster filled with a lot of uncertainty right and that i don't know i mean you could argue that you could sell that for sure right you have draft picks and young players and hey look at the hope and look at the promise and all that stuff but you know may- maybe that's not working out for you now of course part of it is like i don't know what's working for them now anyway i don't think the crowds have been particularly great that don't know that's necessarily just a wizards thing in in, in this time we're, we're living in but uh, you know the, 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 there weren't that many people last night to watch the 35 point collapse from what I could see on TV. So, you know, there's that as well. And, you know, I think from like a conversation around town, I think the Wizards are, they were pretty interesting to discuss early on, but I think they've gone back to somewhat their standard irrelevance um, in this market where the, you know, the Washington football team kind of dominates everything. And then you have, you know, Alex Ovechkin, the, you know, and, and things like that. So um, uh, I don't know, man, it, it is, it, it it is it is uh it's bonkers that we that this this never seems to end. I guess it's going to end one way or the other. He's either going to you know if they keep him, he's either signing the extension or he's not, or signing a new deal and he's not. Um, and we'll we'll then know. But um, you when know, he signs a new deal. This won't end. I think this is going to be a team in most likely a similar position. We'll continue having these same discussions as he inches toward the end of the deal. There'll be less urgency. Well, sure. But some urgency as he ages. Well, sure. I guess that's fair. I guess it's more just like at least, you know, we can take a year or two off of, of having to, to to think about it uh, extensively. I mean, let me ask you this, though. Like, OK, what's your perception of Bradley Beal around the league, though? In other words, like a year ago or before this season started, he's coming off an all NBA season. He would have been on the Olympic team, but um, he ultimately wasn't because of. Uh, the, the COVID situation, um, you know, he, he, he was an ascending player, even, you know, a, you know, a, a much, much higher profile. But do you think that other teams around the league would still view him in that way? Cause ultimately if the other, if there's no, if nobody's making an interesting enough offer to get him, even if the wizards are interesting, that doesn't make sense then to move him just to move him. So do you think his perception around the league has diminished based on what's been going on? That's tough because like I said, I, I'm just having a hard time figuring out exactly why he's struggling as much as he is this year, which somewhat makes me want to write it off as an aberration, a down year. And uh, I do think you're correct in his role factoring, and that could be different on other teams, especially better teams, right? He'd be less likely to have the, the ball in his hand so much, so much playmaking responsibility, and that could write itself. I do think perception of him is still generally high. I still think he's regarded as a star. I don't think he's going to make the all-star team this year. I don't think he should, but I think he's still generally regarded as a star i think teams would give up a lot if he, they got the assurance that he would resign right it's a little scary to trade for someone in a contract year usually there's some under the table discussions of all right what would it take for you to resign do you want to stay here okay if you do we will try to make the wizards a a suitable offer um so i i you know i just think the way beals carried him, himself throughout his career uh, the way he's communicated uh, with the Wizards, you know, a team could be reasonably assured uh, through him, through his agent, that if he if he says he's going to resign contingent on a trade, he's going to. So you have that security, but paying him a lot of money over the long term to keep him, I I think there's still a strong appetite to have Bradley Beal on your team. The way he plays, the way the way he can be as a shooter, he should fit into a lot of situations. We've seen his defense be better when he's not overly burdened offensively. Uh, I, I just think he's an easy fit on so many teams. Maybe not every single team uh, loves him as much as they used to, but I think you know a trade is made with whichever team is making the best offer. I kind of think the best offer is going to be similar to what it was. Uh, 
we can end this here. Like you said, there's no end in sight. I found the end. The NBA has released the last two-minute report on uh, the game the other night. Uh, Bradley Beal's foul on Luke Kennard, the four-point play at the end. Uh, the NBA says the foul should have been called on the floor, not a shooting foul, no basket. Uh, that changes everything. <laughs> uh, it does. I mean, Bradley Beal said after the game he thought he was trying to – he was trying to, to foul. I think he said he was starting to foul Justice Winslow, who had the ball first, and then Kennard before the shot went up. You know, they're up, you know uh, – three points, you know, stand, you know, sort of standard procedure and then didn't get the call. And then it, until it's too, it's too late. Um, so that's, that's both interesting and sad for the wizards that, that, it, that it went that way. Interesting and sad for the wizards that it went that way. Perfect. Last words. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom rack store, save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince rag and bone Adidas, Joe's, Mark Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one Crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.